Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning and welcome back to Reading Isn't for Kids, a book club podcast where two grown adults read read children's books and sometimes comics. My name is Austin. And I'm Anna. And this week we read uh, the book number one in the Fear Street series by R.L. Stein called The New Girl. Yes, uh, this isn't technically a children's book, it's more like a, a teen novel. Those are just big children, so. That, that is accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, this is a book that I read in my youth. I read these between like 8th grade and freshman year. And honestly, I don't remember very much of these books. I probably read 60 to 100 of these because there's a lot of them. You read that many Fear Street books? I didn't even know. Like I saw them in the library but never read them. Yeah, no. Well, I owned them. So, uh, well, my mom had collected them when she was a teenager because... She read them as a teenager, so she just gave them all to me. And mm. um, I would read these. Uh, I had insomnia really bad um, when I was a teenager, like really, really bad. So I sometimes I would go a few days without sleeping. Um, so throughout the night, I would read these. It's probably why you couldn't sleep because they're so scary. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> this book does start off with a prologue that talks about someone killing someone like straight up yeah pushing their sister down the stairs so uh the book starts off with cory is that his name yeah cory brooks he is a the like m- the the main guy on the gymnastics team yeah which i thought was really interesting because normally when people do like the the jock protagonist they do football and football yeah, I'm pretty sure there's one scene towards the end of the book that I'm pretty sure he, he wrote and for specifically to like the he wrote that scene and that is the scene he wanted in the book. So in order to make it make sense, he made them gym, a gymnast. Yeah, because like I don't know any schools that I grew up with that had a gymnastic team and let alone a gymnastic team of all boys. Yeah, like. That seems a little like weird, especially for the time it was written in. You know, it, it's it seems fairly progressive. Yeah, because like nowadays, whatever. But in like this is what we're written in like nineteen eighty eight or something. Something like that. You have the you have the original book, so nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, that's when this book was written. So like, it just it's it did seem weird that it was gymnast stuff. Like why? Yeah. Why did he pick that? Yeah. Is, is he just trying to be different, or was it? I, I honestly, I, I fully believe um, that, that it was he for, wrote that, it for that scene, that one scene that we'll get to. Probably, yeah. Um, 
because like I have I listen to a few other podcasts that do like the original Goosebumps series, mm-hmm. and that's like he does that in those books too. Like he'll like have a scene, he'll have an idea, and he'll write the whole story around it. Yeah. Um, and at least this one, the story is like it's a lot more fleshed out. Yeah. Than the original Goosebumps series because those are the ones I read. But anyway, so Corey Brooks is like a jock. He has like I think I had I have a I have a note here. Um, he has dark curly hair. He's a daredevil. Uh huh. Um, and he's like the best on the the gymnast team. Yeah. He has two friends named David and Arnie. I believe David is a redhead. One of them is a redhead. I'm pretty sure David's the redhead, and he's like his best friend. And he's like as much a daredevil as Corey is. He's basically like his hype man. And yeah. then Arnie is just like a fucking box of rocks. Like he is the dumbest <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> That's like all I got out of Arnie is that he's literally there just to say things that are insensitive and inappropriate. That's like all his whole thing is. Yeah. So he's like the dumb jock. And he's so bad at gymna- being a gymnast. Like, they're like, he is the size of a football player. He should be a football player. And I'm like, yikes. <laughs> like, yeah, if he can't even do the balance beam, he probably shouldn't be a gymnast. Yeah. Um, but maybe he just joined because his friends joined and he wanted... He doesn't seem to dislike it. He yeah. seems to like it. But anyway... He wanted to be included. Those are like the three main boys that you kind of interact with and it starts off with them in the lunchroom and Corey is doing a head handstand holding his lunch. Yeah. Which I don't know what fucking school they go to, but like that wouldn't have went down in my school doing Uh, some crazy like that. No. And you went to a bigger school. I did. And this seems like a smaller school, doesn't it? Yeah. It seems like a small town school. Like shade, it, it's based in Shady Side, right? Uh huh. That's where uh, most of the Fear Street books there's are like based. There's like two. There's two towns, right? Like Shady Side and like Westbrook or something. Something like it's that. Like, it's like the rich kid mm-hmm. part. Anyway, so like it's kind of like in suburbia, but like in it, it seems to be in the Midwest. Yeah. Because there's like trees, and like, um, like valleys and hills, um, and like. They're like, oh, here's a bunch of buildings and stuff. But, like, you turn a corner and now there's, like, a forest. (laughs) The Fear Street Forest or whatever. Um, And they don't even bring up Fear Street for a while. Yeah. Actually, because it's all about Corey. The first chapter is him doing this headstand and then he sees this new girl. Yeah. And... She's super, super blonde and has, like... Pale skin. Pale skin and... Horrifyingly beautiful is something he says. Yeah. And she wears like old fashioned clothes, he said. Yeah. Like a like cottage core before cottage core was a thing. Yeah, and like um he like describes her almost as a ghost. Yeah. Like that's how he describes he, he her. He did. He did describe her. Yeah. No one else sees her. Which is a weird red herring that is thrown in, like no one sees this if she's so beautiful. Yeah. How did no one see her? Yeah, like 90% of the people in the school like have no idea who she is. Like everyone he talks to, they're like, we don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> but she's a blonde, like super pale new girl. Yeah. And apparently someone would notice. super gorgeous. So like the kids in this book are between like the ages of 15 and 18. Yeah. Corey is 16. Um... So he he sees her and then he fucks up his headstand and falls face first into spaghetti. Mm-hmm. 
this predates mom spaghetti meme so i was very i was like waiting for that reference and i was nice. like wait this is the 80s they did make a couple weird references though yeah they did have some weird references and so we read two versions of the same book so like yes. i read the 1980s version and she read the 2021 version that just came out because we don't have like the next three books and they're like 70 dollars now because of the tv series like last summer, they were like two dollars yeah, a book. I forgot they made a TV series. They were two dollars a book, and I was like, "Oh, we should buy these." And I remember one of us being like, "Oh, well, they're never gonna go up. Like, who cares?" Yeah. And then they released this. I think it was me because you're like, "Oh, should I order these now?" And I was like, "Oh, just wait till we have more books on our list to add," because it's on thrift books. They're like two dollars. Yeah, they're like, they were seventy dollars, and now they're getting down to like forty. That's so much. The, the The new one we bought was $13, and it comes with five of them. And we, we don't have the next four or five, so I was like, I guess we'll just buy that. But I was, but it, the reason why I didn't want to do that is the reason is because they censor stuff in the new version to make it more, like, PC. And I wanted to read just the, the dumb shit the they wrote about. Like, I don't agree with it, but I, like, wanted to be, like, I wanted to see the cultural differences because I want to talk about it. Um, and then he he's, like, leaving the lunchroom, right? He, like, chases after her. No, no he doesn't. He No, like, uh, he runs into Lisa, I think. Oh, yes, Lisa, his, like, the girl next door, his best friend. And I actually have the description of what he described her as. Because it's always, this always, every time that it, I read a lot of books from this time, like, fantasy books and stuff. And they always describe women specifically like this, and it weirds me out. Uh, Arl Stein's not as bad as well, like he wrote for like children or, and or young like R. A. Salvatore is really bad. Like I love, I love him. I love R. A. Salvatore, um, but like I mean, it's just the time. Like eighties and nineties was the people who were reading these books, especially like fantasy books, were like just like horror dogs. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, she has black hair, almond eyes. And he kind of describe, describes her clothes as like a goth almost like not like so so in your face about it. But that's kind of how I pictured her because that's how she acts. Right. She acts like like she's like sarcastic. And like, yeah, you know, she's your typical girl next door. Like, like mm-hmm. she's the buddy girl. Like they're best friends. They've known each other since they were like born. Basically, he says. Yeah, they grew uh, up. They literally grew up in, in the house over. Yeah. He also describes her makeup, and I'm pretty sure she's wearing like darker, dark lipstick. Yeah. Um. But the only reason I say it weirds me out is because like they didn't describe really any other characters in depth as that. Yeah, no, they, <laughs> they like Corey. They're like, oh yeah, he has curly, curly hair. Curly hair. Um. Arnie's a redhead. Or, Arnie's uh, got freckles, and like Dave you know, and, and Arnie. I don't even know what Arnie looks like. You could put a gun to my head, and I couldn't tell you what Arnie looks like. Yeah, Dave is the redhead. David is the redhead. Um, there always has to be a redhead. Always has to be a redhead best friend, and I'm just glad they didn't make him a fat loser like they normally do. <laughs> Think about all the fucking redheads. I know heads. they do that. They do. And, do that. Okay, well, a lot of us are fat losers, but come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after that, he. Is he, he just goes to gymnastics practice, right? Well, he sees her again. Yeah, he he sees her. He keeps seeing her everywhere, and nobody else has seen her except for Lisa. Lisa is the only person Lisa's in the like, school. Oh yeah, she's she's in my homeroom. Her name's Lisa Cor- uh, Anna. Anna Corin. Yeah, Anna Corwin. So, and she like 
he like calls to her. Is that what he does? Is it does he call to her this time, or is it the one of the many numerous times he sees her in the hallway? No, he doesn't call to her this time. Um, he's embarrassed. He's too embarrassed to talk to her because he uh, fell into his spaghetti. Yeah, and it's like in his hair. Yeah, know, it's it in his hair. It's gross. Um, Lisa's like, "Oh, you look gross. I don't want to be seen with you," like joking around. The the moment Lisa starts talking to him, I'm like, this this young woman is in love with this. Oh boy. yeah, she's so in love with him, and it's she, just going way over his head. She's like flirting with him, and he's like, "Hey, Anna, like, have you seen Anna?" She gets him to take his shirt off. Yeah, no, she, he's wearing her shirt. He's like, yeah. he's like, I can't wear a girl shirt, and she's like, it's from the Gap. It has stripes on it. It's gender neutral. <laughs> the Gap. That was another, it was capitalized. Like, he referenced the Gap. The Gap. Everybody um, shopped at the Gap. She's like, it's from the Gap. It's gender neutral. And so, he, he, like, she helps him wash off in the drinking fountain. <laughs> because, you know, he doesn't have enough time to just walk into the gym and take a shower between class or whatever. I, I feel like you could just tell your teacher, hey, I fell on spaghetti because I'm an idiot. Can I please go wash this out of my hair? <laughs> Um, so like, yeah, then, then he, it goes to the school day. They don't even talk about it. Um, but he is looking for her the whole day, like just looking out for her. Yeah. And then he goes to gymnastic practice. Is this the time that, uh, th- I believe this is the time he was at gymnastics practice and he saw her in the bleachers or was that a, no- a different no, time? No, that was the second time because he hasn't even talked to her yet. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but he does fall a lot in gymnastics ever since he saw her he just like he's like obsessing and like that's what made me think it was a ghost thing because he's like obsessing over her mm-hmm. to the point where it's like supernatural almost yeah because like i've been 16 i've been like that like infatuated with the person and i didn't even think about them that much yeah so like it felt it felt supernatural yeah, honestly it felt really weird that he was automatically obsessed with this girl that's that's why i thought it was a ghost yeah right that's why i was like oh this is definitely a ghost um, um like a like a wraith or something and then i think this is the night he asks the operator for their phone number because he wants to call her and oh you're skipping over a part because it wasn't in your book because you remember how they talked about in your book how the kids were so small no he talked to with that the, yeah because he said that they were gonna have a meet against like the Wakan boys or something oh yeah and he's like oh they're all tinier than us and we're all like fit and, and hot yeah. or whatever and in the old book okay i'm gonna say this this is not a good word to say anymore but they literally said they called them midgets oh my god <laughs> That literally see, just call, just says that line and then moves on. See, that's like, that's why I skipped over it because it wasn't even important in my book. It was like nothing. It was just like, oh, we have a meet I with was, some dudes. I was honestly like a little shocked, and like, <laughs> just cause, like that's a word that ha- that really hasn't been okay since the nineties. And I know this was written slightly before the nineties, but like, like they had a resurgence in like the edgy aughts. The edgy aughts. Yeah, like when we grew up. Yeah. yeah, he says the Madawan guys were midgets compared to Corey and his teammates. Oh, my God. But that gave him an advantage. Oh, my God. Like, I obviously don't use that word, but, like, I cannot. I was like, what the fuck? Like, how is that enough? Like, that's such a shitty way to describe. Like, that's so lazy. <laughs> There's so many other descriptors for large and small. 
why that one? <laughs> like, are they, why that Are word? they literally a team of little people? Like, is that what you're saying? Um, anyway. So he does call the operator because he wants um, to talk to Anna and apologize for being an embarrassment. Yeah. Um, which is creepy. Yeah, which is weird. Which is like, oh, I saw you looking at me and I did something dumb. So sorry, I was dumb. Like, yeah. that's not something you, that's the first conversation you have with someone. Hi, your mom. I needed, hi, Anna's mom or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It, was it more normal back in the day to do that? I don't know. Maybe. Because he was like, because he called and he was like, oh, I need their number. They're in the new family on Fear Street. You know, could you transfer me to them and also give me their address? <laughs> and she's like, well, I, the operator's like, well, I'm not allowed to give you their address. And then he's like, oh, man, please. And she's <laughs> just like, please. It's, yeah. She's like, all right, that's fine. It's my last night anyway. I don't care. And she is 444 Fear Street is their address yep and then he's like fear street it's spooky yeah there's so people just go missing on that street yeah he every time fear street gets brought up there's another terrible thing yeah he just remembers like another like wacky crazy terrible tragic thing that happened fucked up yeah like how is this like like a car crash that killed six people and then someone ran in called the police and called for help and then by the time they came out all six people were gone gone. and there was just blood everywhere they were just gone no one knows where they went first off that implicates the person who called for murder yeah but this was the 80s and 90s where you could just do shit like that (laughs) yeah um dude cell phones have really harnessed the power of criminals to not be able to do as much stuff honestly (laughs) It has given them more things they can do, but, like, there's always cameras everywhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, people go for walks in the Fear Street woods and just disappear. Um, also in the woods, uh, this is in a subset of the Fear Street books, is um, where the Catalina Chronicles take place, where it's the haunted car. I also believe there's, like, a witch series, right? Yes, there is. Like Sarah Fear, I believe, is her. That's what the movies are based on. Oh, yeah. Those, like, new ones. Yeah. uh, Well, Simon Fear, they they briefly went over it, but Simon Fear is the abandoned house on Fear Street. It's like a mansion. And it's burnt down. It's, like, half burnt. They just never took care of it. And it's, like, it, it... They kind of allude to, like, it being the reason everything is so fucked up. Yeah. Okay, so he calls her... And some guy answers, right? Or is this where he hangs up? Yeah, like a girl answers and he hangs up. Yeah, it is the first time. Yep. Yep. And he gets too scared. Um, And then he just like, doesn't he drive there? Does he drive there this time? Yeah, because the yep. guy answers. No, the mom answers. The mom answers. And she's she's like, why would you call here asking for Anna? That's right, because he's asking for Anna, and then she says she's dead, right? Yeah. No, she says she says that uh, Anna's not here, and Anna's never been here, and um, stop calling and asking for Anna. And then they're screaming in the background as this girl is screaming uh, that the phone is for her, and she knows it's for her. 
Yes. And to let her have the phone. And then does he drive there? Or? Yeah, he drives there. And he tries to get David to go with him. I feel like you're skipping ahead. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like we're skipping ahead a lot. This is very, it's very repetitive. A lot of stuff happens over and over again. Yeah. Like he calls several times and drives there several times. Yeah, the first time he just drives there and I don't even think he does anything. I think he just drives there. Yeah, I, I think he just, I think he looks at their house. But then the the old guy is following him. The old guy, I thought it was like a, he made it sound like it was like a guy in his 30s. He describes him as an old man in here. With a dog? Yeah, with a dog. He describes him as like a a man like, like 28 years old in like a letterman jacket. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like an old man in a sweatsuit. No, that is weird. It's more scary when it's a young person than it is when it's an old person. Yeah. And he's like, the guy's like creepy. And he's like, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah, he's like, you shouldn't be talking to them. There, there's something wrong with that family. Yada yada, and then he, he he the next morning comes and he he walks to school with his Walkman. Yep. Doesn't talk about what he's listening to, but he uses his Walkman. <laughs> oh man, did they update it in that book? Uh, no, it was still a Walkman. <laughs> what? <laughs> I they, mean, it's still the the late eighties in this book. They don't say that though. Yeah. They don't say it's the late 80s in the book. Did they say it at the start of your book? They did not. Yeah. Like, it makes sense for these books, but the fact that they didn't say it in there makes is why didn't they just... They could have just been like... They walked in like five times. They could just control F and change it to CD player. Yeah. Or iPod or whatever. Um, he's in his Walkman and Lisa walks with him to the bus. Mm-hmm. And he keeps talking about Anna and it's making her very upset. Yeah. Well, no, because she's very, very heavily flirting with him. Like, she'll, like, rub up on his arm and she'll, like, you know, hold on to his arm or, like... Lean up against him because she... And he's always like, oh, she must just be cold. Yeah, he's like, she's... It's cold. She's just trying to keep warm and she's, like, leaning up, like, snuggling up against him as they walk. And I'm like, like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, I was kind of oblivious when I was his age, but not that oblivious. Yeah, there was one time where she was, like, running her fingers through his hair, and she's like, oh, you poor baby. Like... Yeah, that's, like, halfway through the book, right? Yeah, some... Yeah, and, like, and she's, like, laying her legs on his legs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, this chick wants to bang you, homie. What are you, like, why are you worried about this Anna girl that won't even talk to you? Like, won't even give you the time of day to speak with you. Um, and then that day he sees her in the hallway and she says, please don't. Yeah, something like that. Please don't. And he's like, what's that mean? And she just keeps mouthing it and then just like fucking Sonic runs away. Yeah. And then it's just like repeating things of like him obsessively trying to find her, calling her a bunch of times. And like her brother answers one time at one point and is like, She's dead. Anna's dead. Stop calling here. Yeah. Um, and then he shows up to their house even and like knocks on the door and he's like, he's like, can I like talk to Anna? And uh, his name's Brad. His which, name's Brad. Which everyone, I think it's funny that, no, I'll get into this later. I'll get into this okay. later. 
Um, but they describe him as watery-eyed and puffy-faced. Puffy puffy-faced. So he's a fat guy. He's a fat guy. He's just like a fat dude. He's got like a dad bod before dad bods were cool. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming Brad's like in his 20s, like his young 20s. Yeah. They, they kind of described him as being like 24. That's kind of how I pictured him. Yeah. Because he like, later on they tells him like he like makes the money for the house. Yeah. But then he tells Lisa that that uh, everybody keeps saying that Anna is dead. And she's like, she's like, that's weird. She's like, I know she transferred from this place and there was a girl who died. I think they named that other town. It's like, was it Westbrook? I think so. Or Maybrook or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that she transferred because something bad happened. Yeah. It's all she says. Um, uh, but then at one point, um, Anna calls him and she's like, please, I need you here. Uh, this is before they even have a full conversation. They yes. have not had a full conversation yet. She calls him and is like screaming and crying, like begging for him to come pick her up and save her. I've been in relationships like that. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel good because it puts you in, like, a position of, like, oh, I have to save them Um, when it shouldn't be. Like, he's still a kid. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he, like, he drives Yeah, he there. goes to and get this her. is when he tries to get David. Yeah. He, he tries to get David for this one. Yeah. And then. But David rolled his ankle last practice and can't walk. Yeah. She, uh, she gets in his car and no he he goes there and he waits for her and she doesn't come forever yeah and then she just opens his passenger door and gets in the car yep and then she immediately tries to start making out with him they haven't even talked to each other they've never talked to each other and she says stuff like like you're mine now yeah and she kisses him so hard he starts to bleed yeah I have how like she stops like uh she's like kissing him so hard that he isn't able to breathe and then I don't know if she's like biting his lips or something but there's at one point there's blood involved or like she chafes his lips so badly I, I that they start that's to what, bleed I think she just like she's like biting and being aggressive and he he's just like oh yeah this is sexy it's like, this is weird. You've never talked to this girl in your life. And she just screamed that she was like, you know, in need of help. And, and like, that's, you know, this, there's so many red flags here. And he's just like, oh, yeah. this is cool. Yeah, but I, I get where he's coming from. Because I, I don't know, you've never been a horny 16-year-old boy. It's true. It makes you do dumb shit. Like, really, really dumb stuff. Um, and he, not only is he, like, attracted to her, he, like, is, like, developing, like, romantic feelings, too. Um, so he's, like, it's confusing to him. He even says, he's, like, I've had crushes before, but, like, never like this. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because of how she's acting. Mm -hmm. And then she eventually just gets out of the car and, like, is, like, bye. And runs away. 
And he's just like, okay, that was cool, and drives home. Yeah, and then it, he did. Is that like when he has the dream about her? Because he starts dreaming. Yeah, about he. Her. That's when he has the dream about her. And it's, it's like borderline, like, like a like a sex dream. Yeah. When he dreams, and like, cause he wakes up embarrassed. Yeah. Um. But then he then then they have that meet right, and that's when he sees her in, in the. Cause he doesn't see her for like days. Yeah, she's she, just gone. Yeah, she disappears for a few days, and he's like, he's like, well, where did she go? Um, and then he is that when he gets the phone call from Brad from Brad, and Brad's like, yeah, Brad's like, stay away from her, or you'll be dead. Yeah, and he he's ta- like, he says Anna's uh, Anna's dead, and you'll be dead too if you're not careful. Um. And then he takes it as like rightly so that Brad is threatening him. Yeah. Which that's what I took it as. The whole time I thought Brad was a psycho. Yeah. But like that's what I was like, oh he's gonna he gonna kill her. Like maybe this book's a lot more darker. Like maybe he's in love with his sister or something insane. Yeah, no, that's kinda how it's like it seems like he's being jealous of his sister. It seems like uh, so then he goes to the meet and he's killing it on these fucking rings or whatever. <laughs> I was so bored and talking about the sport shit. And he, he does bars. I he think. does bars and fucking bars, dude. <laughs> and this is when he falls. Yeah. And he like, he literally falls on his head. <laughs> <laughs> he fits, falls so hard. Oh, uh, and because he sees her in the crowd, and then after he falls, he looks up and she's fucking gone. Yep. And like I, at this point, I was convinced it was a, a ghost, like a hundred percent ghost. Um, because I was like, "Where did she go? Cause she was on the top bleacher. How did she get down so fast?" Yeah. Um, and then his coach is pissed, and it, it ends up losing the meat. Yeah. Um, and, and Lisa's trying to comfort him afterwards. Yeah, and he is not having any of it. He's like, oh, Lisa, I didn't know. Why are you here at this meet? I didn't know. Why would you come to it? And then... I was like, what the fuck do you think he... She's like, oh, like, so sorry, like, trying to talk about the meet and just being a, a good friend in general, like, trying to... And she's like, yeah, I was coming to report on it for the paper. And I'm like, no, you're coming to watch this guy that you like do fucking hot boy shit anyway he 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 says he says uh she's like just trying to talk about the meat and like how it all went he's like yeah anyway um i saw anna again let's talk about anna now and she's like so no she's like oh what are you doing saturday by the way oh yes she asks what are you doing saturday and he says oh probably nothing he's like oh yeah nothing and then he starts talking about Anna. Yeah. Or Anna or whatever. And then she, then she gets even more mad. Yeah. And she like pushes him and she's like, you jerk. Yeah. And like like just leaves him wherever he's at. And he's like, oh, I don't know why she's so emotional. <laughs> she gets like that sometimes. She like lets anger control her. And I was like, what? <laughs> All right, Kari. <laughs> Sure thing, Corey. She's like, she, he's like, he's like, I'll just leave her alone. I like genuinely felt bad for her. 
Yeah. Like the whole book. Like I liked Lisa more than I liked Corey. Yeah, no, she's she's clearly the best one. That and David. You like David? I liked David also. He was he seemed like a good guy because David did end up calling him. He's like, hey, are you feeling okay? He's like, you're acting really weird and you're... He's like, is something going on? Like, something yeah. I should talk know about? And he likes, like, I don't feel like telling him. And I'm like, yeah, because he's going to think you're insane. That's why you don't want to tell him. Because you're being obsessive and weird. And I'm like, this is definitely a ghost then. Uh, moving forwards a little bit. Just some more stuff happens. He goes there again. He goes there again because she, she's screaming and then she makes out with him and then leaves again. The second time she doesn't even show up. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the, the dog jumps on she him. She doesn't show up and he gets out and the dog jumps on him. And the old guy slash young guy is like, doesn't even feel bad. He's like, yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't be hanging around here. And I'm like, well, first off, get your fucking dog under control, you psycho. <laughs> Like, your dog shouldn't jump on people like that. Like, it... Yeah. Just don't. I don't care if it's the middle of the night. Don't do that. Like, don't... Or if your dog does jump on people, put it on a leash. Um, so then he, like... He, like, zooms away from Fear Street and goes back. Um... Then it's just, like, more of the same shit. It just keeps happening. Yeah. Like, he keeps obsessively trying to find her, can't... Um, and then he's at his locker and Lisa, Yeah. no, he, it gets to Saturday and he goes over and sees Lisa. Yeah. And they're like in the, in the basement, like cuddling, watching, well, she's trying to cuddle with him, watching a movie. Try, trying to get him to watch a movie because she went to the video store and she was too late because she waited for him to call him, her. Yeah. So they could go out. And she went to the movie store and the only movie was a Star Trek movie. Yep. And he, she goes, oh, I really don't want to watch it either. And he's like, okay, let's not. <laughs> and that's when she's playing with his hair and yeah. like touching his arm and like getting all up on him. And he's just like, so like I went to Anna's again. So the phone rings and someone's like, oh, you're going to be dead too. And it's a girl's voice. Yeah. I'm going to kill you basically. Yeah. They said. And, uh. So she, Lisa starts freaking out because she has no idea what's going on. <laughs> and Corey's just, like, oh, it was probably just a prank. He's like, yeah, no, it's probably someone's just messing with you. And then it, that makes her upset because he's like, oh, you're just fucking crazy. Yeah. he's. Just... And she's like, all right, I think it's best if you leave now. And he's like, he's like, all right, do you want me to like leave the chips and cookies I brought or like what? <laughs> and she's like, she's like fucking take the cookies i don't care <laughs> get out of here you're being rude um you're invalidating my feelings and fears and he's and just like okay bye he's like she's like it was anna it was anna and he's like no he's like i know her you don't know her yeah i kissed her really hard <laughs> once huh? okay and uh <laughs> and he like doesn't sleep that night really and this is where it like he starts becoming a little unreliable because he starts getting really he doesn't sleep. He all he's doing is thinking about her. He's trying to call her. It doesn't work. He's like not going to practice. He's like not eating. Um, and then he's like, I just need to get over it because he hasn't seen her in like a week. Yeah. He's like, I just need to forget about her. Maybe I should like, I don't know, 
he's do like, something. Maybe, he's like, maybe I should see other girls. Yeah, and then that's when Lisa at her locker asks if they want to go to like homecoming or whatever yeah, the, so dance the dance is. And he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. We can go as friends. <laughs> he's like, yeah, totally. I guess you couldn't find a date. Yeah, I'll go with you. <laughs> yeah, your super hot best friend couldn't find a date, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> and then he like realizes over her shoulder, Anna's like at the end of the hallway listening. Yeah, she's like spying on them. Uh-huh. And they talk a little bit more. And then Anna comes up and has like the first conversation with him, basically. Mm-hmm. Anna hears it, and then Anna comes over after in the middle of the conversation. Yeah, that's right. And talks to him about something. She's something like, pointless. She's like, hey, what's up? And Lisa's uncomfortable. And then Anna leaves, and then Lisa's like, was she listening to us? And Corey's like, well, she was just over there. Yeah. And then he farts. Because <laughs> he's an idiot. I hated Corey. <laughs> and... uh then like that like it's like the same day i, I don't know yeah it's hard to tell it's it, like it, the same they go day. about their day and then eventually, at the end of the day they're like gonna go walk home together yeah at the they're gonna walk home together so he's at lisa's locker and she opens it and there's a dead cat in there it's like disemboweled and it has a note on it that says um you'll be dead too which is what she was told over the phone and she's like, it's the same person. It has to be Anna. And he's like, no, you just don't know her. She's like, no, she has to be jealous of us, like, hanging out and going to the dance and stuff. And he's like, nah. She, how would she even know that? And yeah. He, and uh, that was, like, just setting up. Yeah, it says... <laughs> it says... Um, she says, she opened her locker and reached inside. Hey, there's something sticky. She pulled her hand out and then screamed. Her hand was covered with blood. Corey's like, Lisa, what is it? And then a dead cat flopped out of her locker and dropped under her white sneakers. The locker was splattered with gu- with blood and the cat's stomach had been split open. And then it said, Lisa, you're dead too. Yep. Um, and then he, after... After like that, she, she goes. He goes to practice, and Anna talks to him again after practice. Yeah, and, and he, that's when she like comes up and she's like snuggling on him and stuff. And she's yeah. like, she's like, he's like, oh, there was a dead cat thing. <laughs> she's and, like, oh my god. And she's like shocked Pikachu. Like she's yeah. like, oh, oh and no. He's like, oh, she, she just, she, if she's lying, she's a good actress. And I'm like, if she's crazy enough to cut a cat open. And they were, like, hanging out, and she's like, oh, I'll walk with you, like, blah, blah, blah. And then they look over, and Brad is in the bushes staring at them. <laughs> and he's, like, super pissed. And then she's like, oh, no, gotta go, and, like, runs away. Yeah, and then he chases after her. Mm-hmm. Um, also, right before that, I, I marked it in my notes, um, but it's right before the cat thing. They're at lunch, and they're, like, throwing, like, popcorn into each other's mouth or whatever. And Arnie fucking pretends chokes. Oh, yeah. That was really weird. It was really fucked up. It wasn't funny at all. Yeah, no. He, like, dropped to the ground and, like, was pretending to be unconscious. And David's, like, He's choking to death. And so's Corey. Yeah. And then Arnie starts laughing. And I was like, fucking hate him. I hope he dies. I hope someone kills him. Fuck that guy. That's fucked up. 
Yeah. Like I was actually like, I don't know why I got so invested in this book, but I was so like upset with him. I was like, that's not what friends do. Friends no. don't, that, especially choking, something that you you could easily mistake as someone fucking around. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he like had like pretend blood or something. That would be different. But no, this is like, oh, he's pretending he's choking. It's like fake drowning, kind yeah, I, of. I, I like I marked that because it made me so mad. I had to like put the book down for like thirty seconds. I was so pissed. <laughs> um, because like then they're like making then David and him make fun of Corey for caring so much. Yeah, I'm like, because <laughs> I was that guy. I was always the guy that people would do that to, because I always gave a shit about people, and the people would be like, "Oh, you fucking loser! You gave a shit I was gonna die." <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> you win <laughs> um, and then the dead cat and then there's like he, he talks to her again he goes to Lisa's again at some point to uh, um, like talk to her at night wasn't it that was the night uh, the Saturday night I thought but there's like another weekend passes maybe and oh yes and they went to the library Yes, they went to the library and... Because um, everyone keeps telling him that Anna's really dead. And, and, and he's like, he's like, I want to well, go see, like, what? Because they were in the town that she was from previously. Yeah. And they find an article that says that Anna Corwin is dead, that she got in a, a fatal accident. Yeah, it just said that she was in, involved in an accident and that she had died, like, last spring. Yeah. And then they're like shocked pikachu again and then it cuts to the night again yeah and he drives to lisa's no he drives excuse me he drives to fear street and um knocks on the door to talk to anna and brad pulls him in and like drags him into the front room (laughs) yeah and he's like you need to stay away like i'm trying like you know like he's like he's like He's like, you seriously need to listen to me. He's like, you need to get the fuck away from here or you're going to die. <laughs> and he's like, you're really scared of me, aren't you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you just did a crazy thing. <laughs> and then he- and he's like, get out of here. This is your last chance to just stay away from Anna or stay away from her. Yeah. And then, then he goes to Lisa's and talks to her. And Lisa's still all upset about the cat. Yeah. And all he can do is talk about Anna, not that his best friend was just targeted by a serial killer. <laughs> and she gets mad at him again. Yeah. And then they they kind of just like it's all fuzzy and then they uh, they go to the dance. Yes, and Phil Collins and Prince is playing. Yeah. I specifically wrote that down. Uh, did they change that in the book? They did not. In it yours? was also Phil Collins and, and Prince. <laughs> like Okay, like Prince, I understand Phil Collins, but Prince, Prince is so like, what kids know about, like what kids know about Prince, really? I don't know, Purple Rain. But think about it though. Yeah, that's true. And I don't, I think they should, but (laughs) they don't, it's like being like, oh dude, it's fucking Bon Jovi, like they're not gonna know. But everybody knows about Phil Collins. Do do, do do, do do, do do, do do, do. Um, and then they get in a fight in front of everyone, Lisa and Corey does, and he's, she's like, you're on a date with me, why are you even... Yeah, because they're in the middle of, like, a dance, and, like, she's, like, trying to dance with him and have fun because they're at a dance, and he's just like, I wonder what Anna's doing. And then he thinks he sees Anna. Yeah. Oh, Anna also asked him to the dance, 
Yeah. And he said no, because I'm already going with Lisa, which I was like, thank God you did the right thing. I thought it was going to be like a weird, like, he's trying to do both dates. Yeah. <laughs> no, he did tell Anna no. He's like, no, sorry, I already told Lisa. And she's my friend, so I don't want to hurt her feeling. And I'm like, oh, maybe Arnie, you know, like, maybe you're not Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then Lisa like storms off and the whole, the whole gym's watching them fight. Yeah. Well, cause they started fighting between records, yeah. which is, it's, uh, the dance is being played on records. Uh-huh. <laughs> so and it's like between they're like flipping sides or they're switching records and mm-hmm. like she, they're screaming at each other. And she's like, Oh, am I embarrassing you now? Am I embarrassing? Yeah. And I'm like, Corey, you're in the wrong here. I, I, I agree. Actually, I would have been more dramatic than she's being. So, <laughs> and then she leaves, and he's like, "Oh, I'll give her, I'll give her a few minutes, and then I'll go after her because she has crazy female emotions." So I'll just wait. Yeah, he, and, I think he described her as fiery, like she's yeah. like has fire hot emotions. Like, uh, and then she starts screaming. Yeah, you hear her screaming in the stairwell. Um, and then they they all, they all run to her, and she like hurt her ankle. Yeah, she fell down the flight of stairs and, like, broke her ankle, pretty much. Um, And she's like, some guy pushed me. He had puffy face and he had a puffy face and eyes. And he's like, Brad, it was Brad. <laughs> I'm like, why would Brad try and kill Lisa? Yeah. Um, Like, even if he was the one that put the cat there, why would he target Lisa? It just doesn't make, it just didn't yeah. make sense. Because um, he didn't even know Lisa was a thing. Yeah. Um. But they uh, then they realize that the only doors that are open are the gym doors. And the so, front door. And the front door. So there's no way for Brad to have gotten out. So they, like, go searching the school for Brad. And they, like, catch two people making out. Yeah, one of the wrestlers and some chick. <laughs> they give him a name, so I wonder if he comes up in, like, another book. Maybe. But he's, like, the big bad wrestler. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, he could beat the shit out of you. Like, lucky he was, like, <laughs> didn't. So they turn the light off and leave, and then there's, like, noise in the music room or something. And they go in there, and Brad is, like, at the door, and he's like, Brad looks scared. Yeah. Why would he be scared of me? And then he's, like, mumbling to himself, and they can't understand him because he's too far away, but they all they hear is mistake. Yeah. Um, and then he locks the door. <laughs> locks yeah. them in the music room and he leaves. Lo- um. And then they see him run to his, like, shitty car and drive away. And Corey's like, I'm going to climb down the window because I'm a gymnast. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to walk along the edge. This is the scene I'm talking about. This is the one that he he wanted in the book, and he made him a gymnast just for this scene. Yeah, so he goes out He goes out the window. He walks along, like, the windowsill ledge that goes across the school. And then he's trying to make it to the tree. And slips. And he slips and falls. But he doesn't hit the ground. He, with his super agile reflexes, he grabs, because they're on the second story, he grabs um, the windowsill on the first story and, like, tumbles, like, like, rolls into... That's what happened in your version? Yeah. In mine, he landed on it with his feet and jumped into the window. Yeah, he like grabbed the windowsill and like I think he like tumbled in and like that's that's did a weird like a perfect change. landing. No, in, in the book he like hits the 
the windowsill of the second the second first story windowsill with his feet and then pushes himself through the window. Maybe maybe I'm just remembering wrong, but yeah. He um, like super agile super quick reflexes like tumbles so cool. in there. He's like, "Thank God someone left the wood shop window open." <laughs> And then he runs back up to Lisa and she's like, oh, that was faster than I thought. And he's like, yeah, it took a shortcut. <laughs> and she's like, just in love with him. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, well, I think he has to carry her also because uh-huh. she cannot walk at this point. Her foot is so swollen. Which imagine like being in love with someone and then they carry you to safety. <laughs> like, how is she not obsessed with this boy? Because <laughs> like, she's a normal person. She's yeah, a normal human being. <laughs> Corey is fucked up. Like something's wrong with Corey. Oh, for sure. Um, or he's just an idiot. I mean, or he could have just been enthralled. At, this could just be like a a trope thing, like the boy getting obsessed with the girl kind of thing. Um, and then he's like, well, we got to call the police because, you know, we know that Brad pushed you down the stairs. And then he's like, but before we do that, let me go talk to let me go talk to brad and anna or let me go get anna yeah because she's not safe if, if brad's around <laughs> um and then he he goes there yeah he, he, he drops up. lisa off and then goes to the the corvin's house and oh yeah by the way their mom's like dying or something yeah. like it, it's they like say she's, it once. she's in the house but like she's not really around she's a shitty mom um <laughs> <laughs> no i just think she's chronically ill <laughs> They also kind of describe her as a, sh- a shitty mom, at least like a little bit neglectful, maybe. Yeah, um, not because of her illness. Like I think even before um, coming up, that it makes sense when they talk about what actually happened in the murder. Um, so they're they're like fighting. He like kind of beats the shit out of Brad because yeah. Brad's like yelling at Anna, and he like he like drags a excuse me. He like knocks Brad out with a with a vase, yeah, <laughs> classic, and drags Anna up the stairs. Well, Anna's like, um, because Anna's like, oh, Brad's knocked out. Let's go upstairs and and do stuff together. And he's like, oh man, we gotta like call the police. Like Brad's gonna wake up, and she's like, no, let's go upstairs. I want you. And then he's like, oh, okay, okay. yeah. <laughs> Um, and then she goes up and gets like a, a letter opener. Yeah, which is like a small knife, um, basically. She's like, "Let's finish him off." She's yeah. She's like, "Let's kill Brad." And she who's like, "What?" She's like, "Uh, let's not do that." And I she's mean, like, "She's like, why not?" <laughs> and then she tries to stab him. Yeah, she's like, "You don't love me because you won't let me kill my brother." And like she tries to stab him. And they also talk about Venetian blinds in this part like fifteen times. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. I didn't I don't even know what Venetian blinds were. How do these kids know what Venetian blinds are? I don't know, man. Come on, RL side. <laughs> but she like pushes him out the window. Um Yeah, and he but falls. He, he catches himself with his knees. Oh. Like, like he falls back but like catches himself with his legs and then his, like does a sit up. Because of his toned muscles. Yeah. He's um, like, I've done this a billion times. Which that was more that made more sense than the whole jumping thing that happened. Yeah. Um, and then Brad comes up the stairs, or because she's cause she's like, she's like I used to have a sister and Brad killed her, so we need to kill Brad. And then 
Brad wakes up and he's like, no. He's like, that's not even Anna. He's like, that's Willa. And then he, then uh, Corey like grabs and grabs Willa by the by the arms and holds her. Yeah, he's like pinning her down so that Brad can talk to him. And Brad's like, I was never trying to hurt you. I was trying to protect you. Yeah. Because and he tells the whole story, um, how Anna he, he like Willa. Excuse me, Anna was always like, always was better than Willa. It, like she was prettier, she was smarter, all of this stuff, and and she always made always would rub it in Willa's face. Mm-hmm. Um. And Willa got mad and pushed Anna down the stairs. Yeah. But they could never prove it. Yeah, which is what the prologue was. Yes. And Willa wanted to be Anna. So that's why she was calling herself Anna, which is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And then they moved because they thought that that would like help her mental state. Because she, uh, they're like, okay, like being in this town, living where we lived, where Anna died... We're going to move and hopefully she can reset. Instead of, and Brad's like, I should have just got her help. Yeah. That's what I should have done. Yeah. But I didn't want, I didn't want to like incriminate her or whatever. And I'm like. Yeah. He's like, I didn't want her to like go to jail because she's my sister, but. Now I realize that she should have. <laughs> and she's like freaking she's out. She's freaking out. Um, She's like, I'm Anna. I'm, I'm going to kill both of you. You're all, you're both dead. And uh, then, you know, Brad keeps telling it and he's like, all right, well, let's let's call the police. Yeah. Like, you know, he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to push Lisa down the stairs. I tried to grab her. And he's like, he's like, I thought it was Anna. So I tried to grab her, but it wasn't Anna. And I just accidentally pushed her. He's like, I tried telling you it was a mistake, but you guys were chasing me. (laughs) And I felt bad. I honestly felt bad because I thought Brad was the bad guy. Like, yeah. it got me. I thought Brad was bad. I thought... Arl Stein's good at that. He loves his red herrings. Yeah, but he's... Honestly, sometimes he's not good at that, though. <laughs> like, yeah, he'll throw in, like, six or seven red herrings. Um, And I thought she was a ghost. I thought it was going to be supernatural, but it wasn't. Yeah. She was just a killer. Um, Yeah, and then it kind of just doesn't talk about any of the police stuff. It just kind of wraps up to, like, the next day. Yeah, and then he's hanging out with Lisa, and he's like, "That was crazy." So that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, basically, and she's like, and she's like, "Well, maybe, maybe you shouldn't date crazy girls anymore." He's like, "Oh, well, maybe you should help me pick out my girlfriends from now on." And then she's like, "Maybe I should." And they kiss, and, and then they it's over. Kiss. Oh, and also, he he falls on his hands and knees at one point. I only bring that up because I bet we'll hear that multiple times. I have a feeling. I've read a lot of R.L. Stein books, and I oh, you always see falling on their hands and knees. Yeah, it's. <laughs> um, but yeah, and that's how it how it goes. Like, they Willow was the killer. She killed her sister. She tried to kill her brother, and then she tried to kill Corey because because Anna uh, emotionally Anna was... tormented her for years. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel bad for Willow too. Like, yeah. How bad was Anna doing this? Yeah. How 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 hard was she pushing her to make her snap like that? And, like, that's why I say they have a shitty mom. Because their mom let that happen. That yeah. just doesn't happen. Like, you... As a parent, you see that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, like, emotional abuse is hard. It's hard to prove. Especially in the 80s and 90s. Like, it was, like, not even a mm-hmm. thing. Like, they didn't believe any of that. 
Uh, so she probably felt insane, and it probably made her, honestly, develop a psychosis. Yeah. So I do feel bad for Willa because, like, how good it probably felt, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't what, agree with killing her sister. No, but. no. And what I was going to mention earlier is I thought it was weird that Anna and Willa have super old-fashioned names, and then their brother is Brad. <laughs> yeah. Brad. <laughs> That's a '90s name, though. But like Anna and Willa, those are like, those are like old-fashioned names. I think that was like a red herring to like trick us into thinking that they were ghosties. Yeah. Um, but I th- that's really it. I mean, there's some other nonsense that happens throughout that doesn't mean anything. Like I'm sure we we didn't mention him going and calling like 15 times. Yeah, no that that happened quite a bit in the book. It was very, um, it was very repetitive. It was. And some of the things, he would repeat himself a lot. He would repeat his thoughts several times. Yeah. He'd be like, the sky is blue. The The blueness of the sky was very cool. I like the very cool blue sky. <laughs> yeah, that's a good old Arlstein classic. Yeah. Um, I don't know how fast he put these books out compared to his Goosebumps. They had to have been fast. There's so many. I don't, I don't think they were as fast because this definitely feels no, no, no. more of a book. Um, and I like the Goosebump books, but I'm just being honest that like <laughs> he put one out a month. Yeah. So some of them obviously aren't as good. Um, I think these came out every few months or so. I think so. I I so what is your final thoughts? I I liked this book a lot. I did I like really, this book. I really liked this book. Yeah, you liked it better than Jenny B. Jones. I liked it. I like horror books. So, like, it yeah. was nice to read a teenage horror book. And it makes me hopeful for the other ones. Oh, yeah. No, I, I enjoyed these a lot. I remember uh, when I read these as a teenager, uh, I had a huge pile of them. And then I would pick the one off the top, read it, and then put it in a separate pile. And, like, I would just go back and forth between these piles, like... You didn't read them in order? No. I don't think I realized there was an order. I, I think there's, like, a loose order. Like, yeah. They, they're not... You probably get, like... There's a couple of them that are, like, a trilogy. Like, yeah. The Babysitter, I think, is one that is a trilogy. I imagine they're, like, um, how, like, the D&D books are set up and, like, the Halo books. So it's, like... There is a timeline, and they all fall in. And if you read all of them, you will get, yeah, like little callbacks and stuff. Um, so I imagine it's gonna be like that. Yeah. But I hope we get another Lisa book. That would be nice. I did like Lisa. She, uh, I liked her a lot. She's my favorite character out of all of them. Um, but yeah, I give this, even though it was an origin story, I thought it was very well done. Um, I give it like. Like Because there has to be better ones. So I give it like a 7 out of 10. Yeah. I was going to say a 7 out of 10 as well. A 7 out of 10 streets. Yep. And and this isn't necessarily an origin story for Corey. It's origin story for Fear Street itself. Yeah. And because they talk about like four or five things that have happened on Fear Street. Yeah. Um, and I think they're setting up. I think that the guy with the dog is another story. Probably. I'm sure there's some reoccurring characters, but um, my dumb brain probably didn't comprehend. Well, I also read them out of order. So I, when I was reading these 
originally I probably didn't take note of any reoccurring characters. Well, I guess um what are we reading, what are we reading next? Um did we want to do a comic next or did we I, want to do something else? I think we should do a comic next to test it out. Okay. Um I think we should do the volume 1 of The Boys. Ooh. I've not read that. I've only seen the show. Um we'll have to highly censor that one. <laughs> Because that that comic is is very uh, it's it's a lot, yeah. Um, so we'll read that next. So if you're reading along at home, <laughs> grab yourself a copy of that for sure. If you want to stay up to date with the show, you can follow us on Twitter at rifk at riffkpod, r i f k p o d. Um. If you wanted to hear more of us, we do have another podcast that we've been doing for like a few years um it's like a tabletop rpg actual play podcast called grim encounters um it's with us two and a couple of our buddies um we play a horror a horror like tabletop um where they're like they're like investigators kind of like a supernatural or like a or fucked like, up scooby-doo i was gonna say or men in black <laughs> men in of. black's a good one too um it's funny vulgar and scary it's like a nice campy horror tv show it's fun it is fun um i i am like the the game master so i play all the voices so if you want to hear me do funny voices you can do that Um, if you want to hear my normal voice you can you can do that (laughs) uh yeah the just google just uh type in grim encounters on your podcatcher and you'll find that one there um Okay. Uh, a good place to start on that is either season one or you could start on season two. Um, season one, the audio isn't as good because it was our first time doing a podcast. Yeah, but it was a little rough. Season two is a, you could start there and then you could listen to the back log at some point. But um, and, and we do do recaps of everything. Yeah. Um. Well. You just say. Oh yeah. So our combined total, give it a seven out of ten. Fear Streets. All right, so I'm going to read you a joke from the 101 Rock and Roll Jokes and Riddles by Katie Hall and Lisa Heinberg, illustrated by Dor Orin Heck. Ori Heck. Why are you holding a stone next to one of your ears and a muffin next to the other one? Why? I'm trying to listen to rock and roll. A muffin's not a roll. I'm trying to listen to rock and roll. No, a muffin's not a roll. Anyway, why, why wouldn't they do crescent like a croissant? Remember, reading isn't for kids. And to always wear a helmet when you bike. <laughs>